When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. In a world where real estate prices stay high forever, people are happy. If they fall, people are unhappy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Talking Real Money. I'm Don McDonald. And guess what we're going to talk about today? Real estate prices. Yes, I know. We're going to tell you some things you don't like, but that's our job. I'm Don. Tom's over there in the model military aircraft museum looking as good as ever. He, it looks like the uh, the model military aircraft dusting crew came in. Any dusting going on? Any dusting, and these things will come down. <laughs> no <laughs> that's secure. It'll be a dust yeah. bomb. They're Boom. held yeah. together by yeah. little particles of Based, dust and, yeah. and tiny little true. mites. Yeah. Mighty mites. Mighty mites. Don't touch anything. Don't touch. We're here to try to help you understand some of the most important aspects of dealing with money. And a lot of those, a lot of those surround this whole process of investing. And one of the things in which a lot of people invest, particularly a lot of millennials, it seems to be the topic of every fire discussion. The, uh, I even forgot what FIRE meant. Financial independence, retire early. They don't even talk about it much anymore. It's kind of like... You don't hear. I think the FIRE movement burned out or something. Ooh, wow, look at you. That was quick. Um, And and the thing is, is that things like the FIRE movement rely on eternal optimism. It really is a bad case of eternal optimism. You see a lot of the young folks and of course being old that's what we call them younger uh getting all excited about their real estate purchases and there was a recent article i looked at and i i really didn't think the article was that interesting but a couple talked about the reason they're they're making money in real estate which is really have made money in real estate is what they call the velocity of money which us old folks just call borrowing <laughs> Leverage, yeah, okay. But you had, let's let's first touch on a couple of numbers before we even get to Mister Allred and his alleged thirty million dollar portfolio, uh, because according to a more reliable source called Bloomberg, the value of real estate across the across this great country of ours, uh, defined by the total value of U.S. homes, declined by two point three trillion dollars in the second half of twenty twenty two. That's the largest drop in percentage terms. Since the 2008 housing crisis, it's down about 6%. And by the way, when you saw that, did you run out and sell your house like you would stocks or bonds? Oh, my gosh, I'm down 6%. i got to get out of this before it goes down another 10%. Because, well, because most people didn't even read that article. <laughs> oh, I see. Most, okay. people, most people don't. And it, does, it doesn't come up on CNBC. Or, you know, there's That's not a scroll every... at the bottom of the screen that yeah. says, Your house. Don McDonald's home now worth $1.1 <laughs> $1. $1 million. Ooh. 
Going down. Going down. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, but this, we're really talking about today is real estate as an investment. You know, if you've listened to the show or the podcast, we think residential real estate should be a lifestyle decision. You live there for a reason, not necessarily to make the money, right? Right. We're talking today about the people that say, sure, you can make a lot of money in real estate. Oh, this guy's, I think, in his 30s. Uh, he estimates his portfolio is at 30 million dollars i love mm-hmm. this quote and he the velocity of money here's a quote debt is a wealth magnifier that's the beauty of real estate as long as it creates positive cash flow yeah now we need to flip that coin we need to look at the other side of that coin because we are we as just you know single house buyers not, not we but we as in all of us listening to the show we yeah. occasionally get caught up in the same thing we think because we've got a mortgage and we only put a hundred thousand dollars down and we've got uh, a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage and our price the our, the value of our property rises by a hundred thousand well, we kind of feel like we doubled our money yeah which because our have not well you kind of have. Mm. But, but, but the, the, the velocity of money is, it also works in the opposite direction. What happens if the value of your house declines by a hundred thousand dollars? And you're depending on the rental market and you're depending on other people to come in and buy that so you can move it into the next deal well, where you put 25% if down. If your house drops from 600000 to $500,000 and you only have $100,000 down and you go to sell it, what's your profit? Mm, I'm say uh, zero. It got, would be zero. To selling have, it. Yes, you oh. you have no uh-huh. you have a loss. You see, leverage yeah. works. It's a, it's what they, there's an old saying about, well, an adage about dual edge swords. They cut both ways. Yeah. So, again, this gets back. And I like the fact that you dumped this on the millennials. We're always happy to pick on them uh, because they, of course, gave us cryptocurrency. (laughs) They've raised their money into meme stocks. And they believe that real estate only goes up, which hmm, not true. Right. Not true. I mean, I'm looking at a chart of home prices. Not true. Tom and Don are talking real money. Do me a favor. Grab your latest investment statements if you know where they are. How many do you have? A lot? How many different investments are in each statement? A bunch? Do you own individual stocks, bonds, sector funds, and stuff you don't understand? Yeah, I thought so. I'm Don McDonald, and I'm pretty sure you have a case of hodgepodgeitis. But don't worry, it's not terminal and can be cured. But it takes three things. A bit of time, some fiduciary guidance, and a plan. There's a problem, though. Most financial advisors can't or won't provide any of those. That's where we come in. Tom and I will provide you the help you need to overcome hodgepodgeitis in a free, no-obligation meeting with an Appella advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. So scan or take a picture of all those pages you gathered, then go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on Meet an Advisor, and set up a free appointment online or by phone when it's convenient for you. Let us sort through the mess and help you get started on a better, simpler future plan. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. We're here to put the financial picture of your life in focus, to get it to get it clearer, to try to make this make sense. And every once in a while, we have to 
tell you things that make people mad. Particularly, and I know it's not a generational thing, but particularly like younger it. people because, well, no, it's a, it's, I, okay. When and I was, snappers, when I yeah, was uh-huh. a younger people, I was yeah. doing all kinds of stupid investing. Every once in a while, you know, something would go well every once in a while. And then sometimes it would go badly. I mean, I remember distinctly in Colorado Springs, I, I was a young adult and I was buying real estate in oh, the in the oh, nineteen in well, early nineteen nineties, huh. and the problem was in the uh, early nineteen nineties, Colorado got hit particularly hard. Not as hard as Arizona, California. This was during the savings and loan crisis mm-hmm. in the nineties, and real estate prices in Colorado Springs dropped by thirty, forty, fifty percent. Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, you get those locales that really get crunched. We got killed there yeah uh and and i felt it personally it it and you learn from it that's well, the thing okay, but i want to go this article the thing that i really hate about this is that in this case it makes it it's so easy you just keep leveraging up the next deal right that's what he's talking about right the next one the next one the next one to the place i think he said he's in like 1200 deals or some ridiculous number that are cash flow positive that mm-hmm. are going to make him a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, and as you correctly point out, if he got into a downward spiral like Colorado Springs, wow, I mean, that would kill him. Be over. It would kill him. I mean, let's think about it. $30 million portfolio. Yep. He's He probably keeps as little equity in the portfolio as humanly possible. And I'm probably being generous when I say he has $6 million worth of Actual cash equity. tied up, yeah. equity. Mm-hmm. So you look at the number, you go, okay, thirty million in a um, a market thirty a thirty percent decline like we had in, in Colorado was actually a little bit more. Your value goes down to twenty million on the property. Now, now you owe more. He owes twenty four million. You owe more this than the properties happened. are worth. <laughs> has happened. I, okay, wait. Let me just go back to 2009 again. Why do we have such short memories? I I knew a number of people in my little town here in Florida who were going out in 2007, 2006, 2007, and they were particularly real estate agents. They were buying up properties here like they were going out of style because the prices were just soaring, soaring. Sound familiar? And then. And then, and then the rug yeah. was pulled out in 2008, mm. and uh, a lovely man, a general in the U.S. Army, his wife was a very successful, they were both successful realtors, uh, they had to file for personal bankruptcy because they oh, couldn't pay the loans on their property. Yeah, and by the way, for those of you looking at, no, this never happened again, you don't have to look very far because today there's a thing called commercial real estate. We're already seeing some of these things creep in where values of buildings have come down because people haven't returned to work, because companies are downsizing. So there's already some of that going on with commercial property. Whether that means the real, the residential market will follow, we don't know. As I pointed out at the top of the show, it has declined nationwide about 5% since last summer. And with that uh, increase in, in real estate prices, we also saw a huge building boom, particularly in residential apartments. Uh, they were, they're being built like, still being built like crazy in parts of the country. And what that is going to do, and a lot of these landlords don't realize that, but when all of those come into the market, 
And anything negative happens to the economy because they're all relying on hopefully high rents, luxury apartment style rents. Yeah. What happens when the demand for those goes away? Rents will fall. Rents can fall. Now, it won't last forever. And they're falling here right now, by the way. And that hurts your cash flow on your $30 million worth of real estate. Now, there's good news. There is good news in all of this. Oh, good. By the way, our phone number is 855-935-TALK. There is good news in all of this. If you own real estate for the right reason, residential real estate I'm talking about, for the right reason, as Tom alluded to earlier in the hour, because it's a home, because it's a roof over your head, because it's a lifestyle you enjoy, then all of this doesn't matter because you're not selling your house. No, you're living there. That's where you want it. And it might not be your forever home, but it might be for the next five years. But for right now, why do I care if my home, which was $900,000 two or three years, three years ago, went to $1.4 million and is now back down to 1.1 or two? Why should I care? You don't. But what you do care about is when you read stories like this that make it sound like this is so easy. That's the struggle I have. This is easy money to be made. All you got to do is leverage up. You do this, this, and this, and you're going to be worth $30 million. But sure. this, this big lie persists everywhere in so many things, in real estate, in cryptocurrency, in all kinds of investment deals, in uh, probably 30 or 40% of podcasts out there about money that tell you that, you know, you too can be a multi-billionaire if you just follow these simple steps or starting an Amazon store or whatever stupidity it might be. Making money is never easy. It is never simple, and it is never straight line, ever straight line. Well, now you put one word in there that I think is interesting, simple. I think it can be simple depending on your Okay, it may be simple, but it's not easy. There we go. Okay, Because doing the things that are simple can be very hard. Having a simple plan, even that can be very, very hard. And there's only one way, in our opinion, to own real estate as an investment. That would be in a REIT. That's right. Yeah. A REIT. A REIT you is right. You own thousands of properties because some will go great, some will be okay, and some won't do very well at all. That's just, the, And we don't know which ones. So, in other words, we're all right with REITs. <laughs> I'm not all right with Dave Allred because, again, I don't trust him, and I really don't trust the number. The, the, some of the numbers they had in this uh, this article as well about how easy it is to take your your 75 percent uh, loan to value all the way down to 60 in just a few years with appreciation. Oh, wow. seriously? That's in a few years? Pretty quick. That's what it said. Well, a few years. Okay, that can happen when you have an increase yeah, sure. in prices like we had in 07. That can happen yeah. when we had an increase in prices like we had in 2021. 20. Yeah. yeah, right there. Sure. Um, that but. can happen, but it only happens in these brief windows. And to exactly. get in at the right point in that window, to buy at the very right window of that window, and then to sell before that window closes and crushes your fingers. Well, and, and by the way, in addition to the timing, it's location. Because on the coast, you yes, you've had some of this. In the middle of the country, not so much. I mean, you look at prices there that do not move very much for long periods of time. As a matter of fact, that was one of the reasons why we moved to Virginia for or bought a house in Virginia for a little while. And the prices don't move much. 
They no, haven't moved. Very they haven't moved down much, but they hadn't moved up much. They just stay there. But it is in places like Florida, Arizona, sure. California, Washington, Washington yeah. State, uh, New York to some extent, uh, the Pacific yeah. or the Northeast to some extent. Uh, beaches always. Some mountain areas. Sure. Colorado beach. Oh, beach sounds so good right now. Huh. Just to be warm again. I'm um, tell you what. I'm only I'm only an hour drive away. If you want to just hold down the fort for a minute, I'll drive over. I'll drive over to Cocoa Beach so you can just see it while we do the show. Eight five five nine three five talk. Give us a call. Tom and Don are talking real money for your real life and real future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Once again, our telephone number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. If you call us on that, we'll try and help you manage money issues and figure out the best way to do things and help you build that simple plan that's really simple, just, again, hard to actually pull off. 855-935-8255. But we also take your questions Online at TalkingRealMoney.com, and sometimes you type them in. And Tom gets yeah, those. a lot of them. Yeah, by the way, we've got a lot of nice comments for uh, Retire Me 2023, which was last week. And and uh, so, we'll, and by the way, I think that's available it is as now. a video soon. No, it's there. It's I, already up there? I watched oh, it. It's, it's not really oh. an edited thing. It's just the replay of the whole thing, I think. I can't really oh, tell, okay. but but it's, okay. re, it's restreaming. Okay. Because there's anyway. there's all the time when nobody could figure out where the professor was coming in. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I was on stage going, I think he's coming out. I well, I'll keep going until he does. Uh, so anyway, thank you for joining us. And by the way, the professor we refer to we refer to as no. Professor uh, Phineas Feinstein, who was actually the real inventor of financial physics, not that guy Don yeah. McDonald. Yeah. That- imposter uh this question comes from michael says i'm 62 and plan to retire from my current job next year should i be in the market at all since i plan to start drawing from my retirement savings i understand that putting money in the bank will not keep up with inflation i have mutual funds no single stock should you be invested in stocks after you retire yes oh okay yes you should because you just said it Fixed income isn't going to keep up with inflation. It it never has. You know, we get all excited. Oh, I remember those rates back in the 80s when I could get like 15% on a CD. Well, Dad, do you remember that the inflation was running at 20? <laughs> kind of a small problem there. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I. As a matter of fact, I don't know that there's ever been an extended period in history where uh, f- safe fixed interest rates I'm sure. No, I've never seen it. No, where f- safe fixed interest rates have been higher than the rate of inflation, because it doesn't. No, I can, I'd have to think that through. But no, I don't. No. I think you're right. Okay, but to back to Michael's question, you're retiring. What should your balance between riskier things like stocks and less risky things like bonds be? And uh, um, that you mean requires that's the, question? the thing. Yeah, well, that's what he's really asking. So that is a, a very important question and one that refers back to something that was mentioned at Retire Meet last weekend, and that is called the PLAN plan. Because if you have a plan that says, yeah, I'm going to take Social Security here. Yeah, I got a pension here. I need to start drawing my portfolio here. And here's how much risk I need to take to sustain myself, to have it grow enough so that I can pull the money out. 
then you don't have to have any of this guesswork around what my, you know, how much here or there and everywhere else is. It goes away because you have a plan. Right. Now, bear in mind, within the plan, there always is a modicum of guesswork because we're predicting the future. Sure. But the plan helps make the process uh, easier and clarifies the needs. That's really the thing about a plan. It right. Most of the time when we sit around as investors and try to figure out what we want to do, we have no clarity. And that's why we always hear the question, well, what should I do now with this money? Because we just don't have a clue. And people want to know that question first before they go back to the previous part, right? I just want to know what to do with the money. Well, that, that's part of it, but you got to know the rest of it first. So back to your question. Should you be in the market at all? Yeah. Retirement is generally longer than a year or two. Could be as many as, I don't know, 30, 35 years. So you need, as Don just correctly pointed out, something to guard against inflation that has not been Bonds that has not been money in the bank, that has not been CDs, especially in a time now when inflation is running at, I don't know, what, 6%. So you need to have something. And, Michael, back to overall, you need to have kind of a plan that says, here's how much I need to make. Not how much I want to make, but here's what I need to make to sustain my lifestyle. And that Fair is enough? that is actually a pretty easy question to answer, uh, yeah. particularly, though, if you sit down with a professional. But remember, the professional is never someone who sells product. That's not the professional you want. But you need a plan. Plans are critical. It's the most important part of the process. Nothing is more important than the plan. Everything must start with a plan. And I know that sounds really boring and no fun whatsoever. But once you get that part done, the rest is a lot easier. Tom and Don are talking real money. We're talking real money. And you're invited to talk that real money stuff with us. I'm Don. Tom's over there. Okay, we're 3,000 miles apart, but he's still right there. I'm looking right at him. So as far as I can tell, it's like it's kind of like looking at him through a magic window. Or a magic it's mirror. It's kind of a magic window. It's like yeah, a magic mirror. Of... Yeah. Remember Romper Room and the magic mirror? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. No, no, no millennial does. That was way before. I got thrown off Romper Room for being too crazy. I was on uh, the Bozo the Clown show in Chicago. <laughs> that does not surprise me. I was. Me. I was. Okay. I was in the audience for the Bo- Bozo I don't even want to. Oh, show. okay. Audience. Okay. I'm better with that. Audience. So, all right. The one on, I think he was on WGN in Chicago. Wow. Flamethrower. Yeah. Huh? The, it was television. Ah, okay. I don't, I don't know if the television tower nah, throws you flames, too. No, I don't think so. Yeah. That's an AM sort of, thing. Sort of a fizzle. 50,000-watt flamethrower. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In the days of that, by the way, if you're thinking about investing in AM radio, think again. Oh, good Lord. Think again. Yeah. I, I have a prediction for AM radio. I don't predict a lot of stuff. But you remember what happened yeah. to television not too many years ago? They switched all of the TV stations that broadcast over the air. They switched them to yeah. digital UHF channels. I remember. From the sure. VHF. Remember, we used to have VHF mm-hmm. and UHF, and you click the little Very knobs, high frequency. Oh, and, yeah, okay. and ultra high frequency. You flip, click yeah. the little clicker from channel two to three to four well, to five now. to six. Yeah. Those were real clicking between these frequencies. And they took those frequencies, channel two, channel three, channel four, all of those. They took yeah. those frequencies and basically sold them to T-Mobile. And now they're being put to good use. As 5G. 
Yeah. That's so my my prediction is that AM is going to meet a very similar fate. And in by when? By when? By um, when. the timing is the the timing is tricky, yeah. but yeah, this is yeah. But my guess is that um, well, because go get a new car <laughs> and see what kind yeah, of radio you know, the, they did have. Did you see the piece in the journal the other day that the the the, the broadcasters are pushing? I think it's Department of Transportation to make sure that they require cars to have AM radios in them because of the EBS system. I got to tell you, do you know what's more efficient than the A EBS lot, system, but... in my my opinion? I mean, if, Your phone. if every single – when you've ever gotten an Amber Alert in a group of people, it's like the whole world turns into a giant beeper. So apparently they can give really good alerts on your phone. I'm just telling you what they said. Of so course. Well, let's see. An odd way National Association of way. Broadcasters yeah. Yeah, trying to sure. protect mm-hmm. broadcasters. Yeah. Oh, got it. That sounds like the National Education Association trying to protect teachers, or the uh, the Teamsters trying to protect truckers. Yeah, makes sense. You get the point. Eight five five nine three five talk. That's our phone number. Give us a call. And uh, we'll we'll try and help you deal with all kinds of money issues, like well, interest making rates. Money. You yeah, know, like making yeah, money. Do you remember rate, rates used to be rates? Wait, weren't rates last year zero? It was basically. I mean, about a year. Yeah, about a year. It's crazy. It was about a year ago. So when someone wrote me today and said, "Should I invest in stocks or should I just put it in?" A CD, I thought, well, that's kind of a crazy notion. I decided to go take a look at bankrate.com to see what uh, CDs are paying now. Mm-hmm. I, I almost fell out of my chair, which at my age is not a good thing. You can get an 11-month CD at Capital One for 5%. Oh. 5%. Oh, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Wow. Oh, you, know you, you, you know where you should have gone? Oh, I actually I brokered, went. Brokered well, I have Schwab? an account at Schwab. Yeah, okay. So I signed in and I went to. It's yeah. right here at the top. The 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 Schwab Schwab has a fixed income rate yeah. page. Holy cow! A one year CD. Well, I, let's start with a six month CD. Five point zero six. Six months. One year. Five point three. Two-year, 5.35. So basically the same. Here's where things get weird. One to two. Three-year, 5.15. So wait, so you make less for giving your money longer? Yeah. That does not make sense. It's it's the inverse yield curve thing. It's really, really wacky. I mean, uh, uh, U.S. Treasuries. A two-year treasury is uh, 4.92, but a three-year is 4.59, and a four-year is 4.41, and a five-year is 4.28, and a 10-year. How much on the 10? It's under, is it under four? I think 3. it is, right? 3.97. Yeah. That's what we call so inverted. So this is okay, really, really question. inverted. Here's the question. Yes. So, okay. And I don't believe in, we'll, and we'll talk about this coming back, but should you have stocks or CDs? and eh, nothing to compare there. But should you have CDs? Bonds or high yield savings. There's something to talk about there. Ooh, and the world has changed there. It it has changed a little bit. It depends on how simple you want it to be. Tom and Don are talking real money. In medicine, a second opinion might save your life. With investing, a second opinion might save your future. 
The trick is getting one without a high-pressure sales pitch. Well, I'm Don McDonald, and if you've been listening to Talking Real Money, you know that our goal is to help everyone create a brighter future by investing and managing money better. That's why, in addition to helping everyone on our show and podcast, we are also committed to making our 100% fiduciary advisors at Appella available to help everyone make the best financial decisions based on science. So if you're being pitched a financial product or a system, make sure you get a second opinion with no cost, no obligation, and no annoying sales pitch by going to TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. That's 800-386-3004 or TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Our problem, Tom. Yes. Is we're just too much fun to listen to. Ah, no one wants to interrupt. They don't want to interrupt with a phone call. You know, it would be rude. It it does. It feels almost like it's rude to interrupt with a phone call. Uh, Oh, does any way, excuse me, does anyone, anyone ever interrupt your home with a phone call anymore like they used to? No, no. Do they call? Does anybody call? My sister calls. Okay. Does anyone call who isn't really old? (laughs) <laughs> Good point. I never, is anyone under the age of 40? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 40. I got to think that through. Not really. My daughter, no. My son, not so much. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I guess not. So, yeah. okay. Well, makes me feel bad. But, well, don't feel bad. Don't, don't feel bad, folks. Uh, don't feel bad for Tom because he's actually just AI, as you could tell by that, <laughs> la- that last thing. Uh, this is uh, what chat GPT sounds like yeah. if you give it a voice. And so that's what happened to Tom's voice. Help us. Chat Help GPT. Us. I was talking to chat GPT the other day. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it gives really, really, really generic. I, I guess I asked it some questions about money and stuff. I'm going to, I think one of these days I'm going to do a podcast where I just have a conversation, have a conversation. with chat yeah, GPT. Yeah, yeah. And sure. what I'll do is I'll take the chat GPT responses and of course, digitize the voices like yours is being digitized right now by, by Comcast Xfinity. You like that sound? Yeah. It, it's, well, it's a cool little effect that they give you. And they, by the way, Comcast throws no that in at no extra charge. They will <laughs> cause your voice to sound like a digital robot. No extra charge. Because Comcast, Comcast has this horrible system. Comcast cable internet system, for those of you who don't know in many parts of the country, is like a, the old fashioned, and I'm really going to date myself now. Nobody else will. The, the old fashioned party line. One person picks up, another person picks up, in, and then the next thing you know, everybody's on there. In the olden days, you could get a regular phone line that was private, but boy, that was pricey. That was the big buck phone line. Or you could share your phone line with your neighbors for less money. <laughs> because You don't heck, want to have too much of a quiet prov- who, conversation on that one. Who no. wants to? T- and you would literally just pick up the phone and your neighbors would be talking. I remember it as a mm. tiny child that we were really, really? We wow. were really poor and we had a party line. And I also remember, boy, could you get in trouble if you made a long-distance phone call? In those days... Long distance phone calls were like a lot dollars, dollars yeah. per minute. Yeah. See, when you say party line to me, I think of the 1970s takes on a whole different meaning, but that's just me. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was you were the, you were the. Uh, there's a movie about no, you. There's no, a movie about you. There's a movie about you. It's, a, it's like what, oh, I'm what is sure it? There is. Cocaine Bear or something? <laughs> Not hardly. Okay, no, let's take up this boy. this question what? because it has come up a lot. Well, this this whole where do I put my cash or cash? I know it comes up all the time. And so th- it's a fascinating. You mentioned you went through some of the rates for CDs. High yield oh CDs wait, right hold now. on, hold on. Can yeah? we come backwards okay. for a second? Um, sure. I went to. Um, to check out what because I was looking at CD rates and I was seeing some nice five rates at, at yeah, Schwab at big. some of the at some of the banks sure. like Bread Bread is paying five percent on CDs a lot of and and so I wanted to compare them to um, Wells Fargo Chase and oh, uh, and Bank of America Bank of America sure yeah that uh, the the, that the customer leaning coming corporation. in behind the five percent rates coming in among those just those three <laughs> competitors. Some coming in at second place, there. coming in at second yeah. place okay. on their on their tie. one year, th- two year, three year, four year, five year CDs coming in exact same yeah. rate on all those CDs coming in on okay. in second place. Ladies and gentlemen, Bank of America at 0.03% per year. Oh, good Lord. Third place, wow. Wells Fargo at 0.015. And bringing up the rear, J.P. Morgan Chase. Chase Bank at 0.01% on any CD you buy from them. And, Why? and Dollars to Donuts says that they hold like, what, 80% of the assets in this country that are in bank accounts that are paying less than that. Right? They're paying like 0.01. Why? Zero, Why? Zero, zero. Why would know, you walk nuts. into your uh, your Bank of America they're nice branch? People. They're nice people. And, really and nice. Give them money for a CD at 0.03% when you can't even walk up to the little window on the vault and look at the money. I, there is no the viewport on I, the money. I only put my money where I could see it, Don. I don't put it out there in them crazy online. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, because the young man behind the counter is very nice at Bank of America. Very nice. All right. Back to the question. So what yeah, should I do? I'm an investor. Remains, yeah, I'm looking okay, for a place yeah. for my cash. Yeah. Um, because here are the numbers. Do I go here bonds or do I go? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Bond, the SEC yield on BND mm-hmm. total bond is 4.39. Okay, that's good. And it's about breaking but. even for the year in terms of return. And then you've got your high-yield savings. I just started to mention Lending Club will now give you 4%. And then you piped in with some of those great CD rates. I had the 11-month at Capital One, but you went to Schwab and found over 5% on those CDs. Well, and then I looked at the ridiculous. bank I, the, the bank I've used because their rate was so great. I mean, I can get a high yield savings, which I wanted because this was for money, emergency money. You know, yeah. if something happens, I, I need immediate access to it. I'm getting 4.25 wow. on immediate mad magic money when that's about the same rate I'm going to get on BND, which is an intermediate term bond fund. And my take, by the way, on the difference between this is I don't hold bonds for yield. There you go. Most people, well, that's not making, yeah, that's not why they're in my portfolio. Mm-hmm. They're in my portfolio to give it stability when stocks get crunched. Now, I know that didn't happen last year. Okay, I'm fully aware of that. But in a general sense, they provide the ballast while stocks do whatever they're going to do, up and down. 
Yeah, and the thing is, is that when you have an intermediate-term bond fund, it's kind of like trying to get the best of both worlds. The the higher traditional yields of a non-inverted yeah. yield curve, uh, which we don't have right now, I know it's all very confusing, isn't it? It really is. It makes my head spin. And, and I do this for a living. I don't, I, I, I know this has got, you're going, and in what? Wait a minute. Yeah. It used to be that I get 3% on a one year, 4% on a get, two yep. year, 5% sure. on a three, 10% on a 10, yeah. but now it's the exact opposite. It is very, it is very odd. And again, back to the bonds versus savings versus CDs, it should depend on the purpose of the money. This is the part that people forget. I just want the best deal. Well, but are, do you need the money in six months, six years? I mean, whatever it is. And then the bonds, really, that should be in a more traditional portfolio, as I say, for balance between bonds and stocks. And that so brings us things. that brings us right back to the four-letter word that we uttered earlier in the show, the four-letter word being plan. How do yeah. you know which assets should be in which type? The only way you're going to know that is through the creation of a personalized income plan that will become a personalized investment plan after it's a personalized income plan that should also have a personalized tax plan as part of the plan because you need a plan for all of these parts and pieces of your financial life. And once you have that plan, then you can always look back at that plan and go, oh, the plan tells me to do this. Now, plans live and breathe. You change them once in a while. 855-935-TALK. Call us. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Now, we talk about you and your financial life here, and we try to help you make better investments. But the one thing we can't do is go in depth. For example, we can't sit here on the radio and help you start at least a basic plan. But we can if you let us meet with you. And Tom takes these meetings all the time. You know, I enjoy meeting with, I had a great conversation with a, a fellow down in Houston this morning about his situation, his family, and, and I absolutely love it, but it's always a conversation. That's where any great advisor should start about what you're trying to do, where you're headed, and then how somebody could help you. Yeah, and the conversation usually should take some time. And within the conversation, there should never be a product pitch or even a sales pitch for that advisor services. And you can j just set yours up. Go to meet an advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial product or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now? 